Hello there, it's Matt Herman from Talking Foosball here. We're gonna try and tide you over here during the winter pausa with something a little different. It's uh, something we've been talking about in recent weeks. It is the first episode of our Skandal series over on Patreon. If you aren't already a member of our Patreon page, um, might just be a great time to take a moment and see what we've got over there or just continue listening to this podcast because it's a pretty good example. This is the first episode of our series about all the various scandals which have hit German football over the years. The first episode centers around a match-fixing scandal centered on a referee named Robert Heutzer. And if you remember the most recent classicer, Jude Bellingham of Borussia Dortmund had something to say about this very scandal and another referee who was wrapped up in it. I don't want to reveal too much because there's a lot of meat on the bone and there's a lot going on in this podcast, so just stick around and give it a listen. Lots more on patreon.com slash talkingfoosball. Welcome to Scandal, a Patreon-only series by us talking foosball, focusing on the bigger scandals which uh, German football has produced over the years. My name is Matt Herman. I'll be your host for this episode. Today, we're going to be focusing on a big one. This one is surrounding one name, Robert Heuser, the man who produced the biggest refereeing scandal within German football to date. We're going to tell you what he did, how he got caught, how he sort of uh, fell in with the wrong mafia crowd, and uh, what the consequences of his actions were. Joining me today is Nick Vildagen. How are you? Great, great. I mean, it's not really the Sopranos we're going to offer you today, but I think it's still pretty, pretty dodgy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that anyone gets whacked in this one, <laughs> but uh, there were some serious consequences nonetheless. In part one, we're going to tell you about the matches that Hoiser fixed and how he got caught up in the, uh, the match-fixing scheme, let's just say. And then in part two, we'll tell you about how he got caught and what happened thereafter. Right, let us kick off this episode. Nick, I'm going to admit to you here, this whole Hoyser deal, you know, it, it happened basically the year or two before I got to Germany. So, you know, Robert Hoyser was on everyone's lips back in 2006, and I had a lot of catching up to do. So, just set the table for us. Who was Robert Hoyser? Well, Robert Hoyser was um, a very talented referee who made his way into the world of officiating matches quite early, actually. He had refereed successfully in the lower divisions in Germany from his early 20s and made his way into officiating in the DFB Pokal and the Bundesliga 2 at the age of 23 back in 2003. And um, He's a prodigy! He is a prodigy because look at the referees you usually see on your TV screen in the Bundesliga and Bundesliga 2. Most of them are 30 and uh, older than that. So he was listed as a, as a ref by the German FA from the 2002-2003 season. So being able to referee matches in the Bundesliga 2 only one season afterwards, you know, one season after he'd been listed as a referee, it, it's a tremendous accomplishment. What they thought at the Berlin FA, his uh, the FA he belonged to, was that the sky was basically the limit for, for this guy. And, um, you know, they thought that it was great for him to get started in the Bundesliga 2, third tier. But 
Bundesliga, well, that that surely wasn't the limit for somebody like as talented as as Robert Heutzer. Yeah, I mean, when you make it all the way up to the second tier of your national league at age twenty three, <laughs> that's the kind of record that that you think you might associate with a referee that might get to referee a, a Champions League final one day or something like that. That's a, that's the fast track. So he did have a lot of talent. He was on his way to you know a, the big time as a referee. But as we will learn, Nick. Uh, Robert Hoitzer, he uh, he took a wrong turn. Tell us about his his road to ruin. <laughs> well, uh, Manuel Grefe, the other Berlin referee from those days, and a Berlin referee who we all know and love, and we're quite sad that he isn't officiating in the Bundesliga anymore. He knew Robert Hoitzer quite well back then, and uh, the two of them often met during training sessions for the referees in, in Berlin. And, you know, um, as I said, the, the Berlin FA, they, they thought that these two, they could really reach out for great things. So Griff and Heutzer actually hung out a lot after training sessions, drinking beer, going out here and there, um, you know, sampling that, that lovely Berlin nightlife. And according to Griff, he had a visit by Heutzer during the summer of 2004 after the two had sort of met in an establishment during the night the previous night, and Heutzer brought him breakfast to his door, and the two of them had sort of a weird chat. At that point, Grefers asked him if there was anything on his mind, and uh, Heutzer then said, well, no, not really, and nothing much came of it. But what Grefer later learned, and what we all later learned, was that at that point, Heutzer was already deep in with the Croatian gambling mafia. What you need to know about that is, back then, there was a place called Cafe King <laughs> in Berlin, and that was frequented by dubious characters, and one of them went by the name of Antis Sapina. Now, that man had a lifestyle that featured fast cars and no apparent job, which seemingly impressed Heutzer. He, he thought that, that sort of looked like a good life. No apparent job, fast cars, a lot of money. What could be the catch? And as it turned out, Zapina made his money gambling on football matches that he may or may not have fixed. Hmm. 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 So uh, that's quite a that's quite a big hitch when it comes to uh, whether Hoitza should have probably taken a step back right away, considering he was uh, on the fast track to glory as as a referee. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't. How exactly did they? You know, I guess they knew each other socially through this cafe king. What? eventually sort of went on between them. I mean, how, how did Hoitzer get, as you said, caught up in the Croatian mafia gambling network world, whatever? Well, I mean, for somebody like Zapina, who fixes football matches, knowing a referee is a good thing. And if said referee tells him that, well, you know what, back in 2003, there was this man at Sachsen Leipzig by the name of Christian Rocca. And he was at the same club as my dad. And anyway, he actually offered me a three and a half thousand euros if I could fix a match in Saxon Leipzig's favor. And he could even offer me five thousand euros if uh, they get a penalty during those 90 minutes and win the match. So proposition bets, you know, things like proposition that. Proposition bets. Basically, and well, Heutzer uh, at that point had the spine to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But I didn't report it to the DFB either. And well, Zaxon won that match. And that year, Robert Heutzer found a Christmas bonus of sorts in his bank accounts when he saw that said Christian Rocker had... <laughs> 
channel 500 euros to him. And at that point, you surely should have gone to the DFB, but Heute just thought, well, it's, it's 500 euros, so it's, it's fine. And uh, for, for somebody like Zapina, it's sort of like, hmm, 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 he didn't go to the DFB with that? I mean... Nick, who among us, who among us hasn't, uh, you know, accepted a, a 500 euro gift from a, a shadowy acquaintance? I mean, it, what could be so irregular? It um, happens, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we had, you know, leaving leaving Christian Rocca, the, the guy who sort of laid 500 bucks on Heutzer for no real reason other than not ratting him out, aside, let's move on to Sapina. Sapina hears about this story, thinks to himself – Hmm. You know, Hoitzer is not exactly, he's, he's not taking money to fix matches, but he's not, not taking money to not tell on someone p- fixing matches. So he maybe thinks this is a soft target, right? Yeah, I mean, it looks like it. I mean, why would you tell this story in the first place to some dubious character who you don't quite know where his money is from? I mean, it's odd. It's the judgment in itself telling him that story is a bit odd. And uh, Zapina then, uh, you know, tries his luck and says, well... Could you do me this favor, and could you fix a match between Paderborn and Chemnitz FC in the Regionalliga? And Heutzer was persuaded by the fact that he could make 8,000k if, if, if that was to happen. And Paderborn won that match, but there was a slight hitch here. Zapina wanted Paderborn to lead at the halftime break. But that didn't happen. The teams went into the dressing room at nil-nil, despite the fact that... Uh, Heutzer had given an unjustified penalty to Paderborn shortly before the break, but unfortunately his assistant Inka Müller had spotted the mistake and discussed with him and discussed and discussed and discussed until he took it back, which in turn meant that Heutzer didn't get his payday. And the following week, uh, Zapina thought, well, he didn't come through this time, but um, hey, he tried his darndest. Let's try to fix the match between Wuppertaler SV and Werder Bremen 2 in the Regionalliga Nord. This time around, Wuppertaler SV did get a penalty uh, that looked like a justifiable decision, going by the newspaper cuttings that I've, I've read from those matches. I didn't find any video footage, to be honest. And what happened there as well is that one of the linesmen from that match received 300 euros before the match in order to close an eye whenever Wuppertaler SV's players were looking like they could get in trouble. I'm, I think I'll wait until part two to reveal the identity of that linesman. Anyways, and you know, those 300 euros really were, were a little price to pay because Heutzer had actually received 3,000 euros to, you know, make the match go the right way. Okay, so we have sort of the beginnings of what might be called a match-fixing conspiracy here. I mean, we have his failed attempt uh, in the Paderborn-Chemnitz game, where he he didn't quite make his money, but in this uh, Wuppertal versus Bremen game, he did pocket 3,000 euros. Things are going well. Do things immediately keep on going into the, you know, this was 2003 through 2004 season here. Mm -hmm. I mean, did things keep on rolling in in the following season? They did. They did. I mean, they started off in the first round of the DFB Picard, and there, Heutzer was actually awarded the match between Paderborn, uh, who at that point, I think, were third-tier side, and HSV, so it's an amateur side. Yeah, in those oh. days, there was no Dritte Liga, so it, it was semi-professional at best. Against uh, a Bundesliga side. But Zappina probably did know is the fact that the DFB, don't, they don't monitor, or at least back then, they didn't monitor the referee's performance during the first round of the Cup. So there was no you know, written 
report on the referee's performance. However, Klaus Topmüller, who was coaching HSV back then, he said that pretty much every decision went against HSV in that match. Heutzer awarded two rather dubious penalties, sent off Emil Penzer. That one actually came as a result of Penzer insulting him after he, he told him that you're basically a little shit who is uh, whistling against us. And <laughs> Heutzer is actually said to have had a really good laugh about that with uh, Sapina when they discussed the match at Cafe King. And Padawan actually ran out 4-2 winners against HSV. So there was a justifiable uh, red card, but that justifiable red card came over as a came basically as a, as, a, as a result of the referee pretty much favoring one side over the other and dishing out two unjustified penalties. And, you know, that, that performance actually drew a lot of discussion in the German press because it had just been off. But what they believed back then is like, look, this is a young referee who's now trying to make his step up into the Bundesliga and Bundesliga 2. It's just an off day at the office. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we've all seen a game refereed by i mean either it's a young referee or a referee this happens a lot in the international game in particular a referee who's you know used to refereeing games in in a worse slower league who's trying to sort of put a stamp on the game or get hold of a game but you you know this game you know this what happens a referee just has a terrible day they're like you know they're throwing their weight around they're trying to make people listen to them when they otherwise wouldn't cuz they are sort of bush league this is this happens and it isn't a betting scandal. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody was thinking at that time. But uh, lo and behold, uh, only a few <laughs> weeks later, Zafinan Heutzer went once again. And this time was a second Bundesliga match uh, between Ella Arlen and Wacker Burghausen. And it's another unjustified uh, penalty. The, this one was awarded to Ella Arlen, who then ran out 1-0 winners of the match. And at that point, when you see a referee having off days in such close, almost consecutive weeks, you really start thinking that, hmm, is, is there something going on? Yeah, yeah, and it's funny. I, I feel like we all look at referees and think that they're sort of untouchable, that they're little emperors who get to make their own decisions in every game, and there are no consequences. <laughs> uh, that's not true. <laughs> if, you, if you have several very bad games in a row, people notice and they start to ask questions. Anyway, we're not we're not there yet, but let's let's talk about what uh, Hoitzer actually got out of this. I mean, I assume that that cup match in particular, which is you know a, a semi pro side versus highest foul, that was probably a big big payday for the betters who were on on the right side of the result. What did Hoitzer get for that game for the the Allen Borkhausen game? How much money do you make? I mean, in total, I mean, we're, if we're totting up all matches that he'd been involved in, he received 67,000 euros and a flat screen TV, according to Kicker. Nice. One that fell off the back of a truck. Probably. Clearly. Nice flat screen TV, which just landed in your back garden. Nice. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's fast money for sure. But, you know, if, if you kept it on the straight and narrow, you, you just wonder, a referee of his potential, he could have earned so much more money. You know, officiating in Champions League finals, World Cups, Euros. But hey, he, he wanted that fast cash. Yeah, it's particularly galling as well because I don't know if any, if you ever seen a picture of Robert Hoitza, listener, but he doesn't look like – I mean, I, I'm going to say something here that may, may be a little prejudicial, maybe a little off-color, but like there's a lot of referees who look a little bit like they're goobers. 
They look a little dorky. They don't look like athletes. They don't look like poster boys. That was not Robert Hoitzer. I mean, Robert Hoitzer, like, if he had gone on to be a world-recognized referee, which maybe he would have done if he had continued that trajectory, he could have turned out to be somebody who, like, did endorsement deals and stuff. He was an attractive, like, well-put-together dude. I mean, if you think that Felix Brich looks attractive, wait until you've seen Robert Hoitzer. <laughs> like, in the category of referees, like, he's more or less someone who you could imagine in, like, a... <laughs> A Nivea lotion or something like that. <laughs> or some, some like, uh, you know, some some German insurance company. They're always looking for ways to associate themselves with football. You know. Enjoy your car with Robert Hoitzer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, isn't Decra sponsoring the referee? So haven't they done this for years? Yeah. And I, before that, it was like TÜV, which is like this this – inspection like quality assurance inspection company like it's it's pretty mm. boring stuff but like it's yeah. big money as well it's like everything needs to be be inspected to geprüft all that i mean the tiff is actually isn't that the the company that uh, actually takes a look at all the cars yeah on the road oh yeah it, it's like I mean, a, it's to, like a yeah. very big time certifying body i mean yeah i know it's it's not sexy it's it's not like i don't know but light or something but it's something you would associate with good judgment yeah yeah it, it's it's actually it's it's an understandable brand synergy for <laughs> a, a company like that to want to associate themselves with referees okay so after this strange digression that we just went on we're gonna we're gonna take a break we're going to come back after it uh, and talk about what happened, you know, after little Bobby got caught with his hand in the till. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to you know, Skandal, this episode about um, – Robert Hoitzer and his travails with the Croatian betting mafia in Berlin and how that got him into trouble with the DFB. Hint, hint. It has to do with match fixing. I'm Matt Herman. This is Nick Wildhagen on the other end of the line and, and uh, truthfully with me, probably making the most productive and soothing noise in the podcast is, is Dinah, uh, my dog snoring. Maybe maybe it's uh, audible. So anyway, we, we talked about uh, sort of the, the basic contours of what uh, Hoitzer was up to with his minder, let's just say, uh, this Sapina. What's, what's Sapina's first name again? Anta. 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 That's a good Croatian first name. Anta Sapina. So how did it sort of come to light that Hoitzer was doing this? And how did the DFB and, and the sort of refereeing governing body cotton onto what was happening? Well, it wasn't actually the DFB who found it out by themselves. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, it was actually Robert Hoyter's old mate, Manuel Grefe, who started uncovering the biggest match-fixing scandal that we've seen since basically the Bundesliga scandal. So that happened back in October of 2004. Because Grefe started hearing rumors that Hoyter had come into some money and that he made some strange new friends, you know, the southern type, as people would tell him. So he sort of started asking around but the thing is, he didn't want to cause a stir by people finding out that he was actually suspecting something untoward going on. But the more he asked, the more Grefer became certain that Hoitzer was on the take. And when one of his assistants asked him to have a chat in private after a match, Grefer actually learned that his assistant had flown with Robert Hoitzer and that he was at that point counting receipts that were 
amounting into substantial amounts of cash, among them a receipt for engagement ring for 1500 euros. Additionally, Griffith's assistant told him that there were a bunch of characters traveling with Heutzer, and they all looked dubious. Uh, so at that point, Griffith thought that he had enough to inform Lutz Michael Fröhlich, the oldest referee among the refs in, in Berlin. And when he told him about what he was suspecting, Fröhlich was sort of at first saying that, well, this could just be a case of coincidences being lined up in a very unfortunate fashion. I mean, going by the evidence, yes, all is circumstantial, but Griffith felt that it was unlikely, so he asked Felix Swire about what he knew, saying outright that he suspected Robert Heutzer of manipulating matches. Swire then told him that Reutzer had told him that there were ways of making some extra cash. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. There it was. Griffith had found some evidence that Heutzer was actually very much likely to be on the take. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and I, I wasn't aware of, of this sort of uh, referee's grapevine aspect of uncovering this. Manuel Grefe, I mean, you already mentioned that he is sort of, I think a lot of fans, one of their favorite referees. I mean, he recently had to sort of, uh, you know, go out to pasture because uh, he, he passed the old uh, maximum age, which I think he was not exactly thrilled about. He kind of complained about it publicly quite a lot. <laughs> Most of us have pretty warm feelings towards Manuel Grifa. I'm sure that there's some team or other that thinks he's a jerk, but I don't. How did he sort of move forward? How, what steps did he take? Well, Felix Weyer, Lutz Michael Fröhlich, and Grefe then went to the DFB and told them what they knew and they did that back in the beginning of 2005. That actually led to a meeting on January 21st, 2005, which was held in Frankfurt. And you know, the DFB, they are just masters of being in control and masters of planning and doing stuff the right way. So what actually happened is that Robert Heutzer was booked on the same flight as all of his accusers. And had to take that flight with them from Berlin. <laughs> were, they, were they sat in the same row? Were they like cheek by jowl? <laughs> no, I, I don't think I went that far. But I mean, how on earth? Who who did the planning for that one? Anyways, that aside, um, all four men they had to go in front of the you know the DFB and tell their story. And uh, in the end, it was actually Felix Zweier who had to come in twice, as he had to confirm what he had said regarding Robert Heutzer telling him that he could make some extra cash, because Heutzer had actually denied any wrongdoing. So four days later, Manuel Grefe, Lutz Michael Fröhlich and Felix Zweier, and a man by the name of Olaf uh, Blumenstein, who's another referee, they actually then went public accusing Robert Hoyts of uh, match-fixing. And two days later, the pressure had actually mounted to such a degree that Robert Hoytzer admitted that he was fixing matches. And a couple of weeks later, he actually uh, could be seen on uh, the German television show Johannes Beerkerner. And, you know, he, he got to tell his full story there and he told the public that he would cooperate with the police and tell them what he knew. All right. What did he know? Did he actually come clean to everything? And, and if so, how, how many how many matches did he actually fix in the end? Well, there are four matches that we've mentioned so far. So there's that Regionalliga match between Chemnitzer and Paderborn that didn't go as planned. The Regionalliga Nordtoy between Wuppertal SV and Werder Bremen 2 that went down as planned. There's a cup match between HSV and Paderborn 
And the match between LRR and Vaka Borkhausen. So those matches we mentioned in part one. However, when he cooperated, Heutzer also actually blew the whistle on a colleague named Dominic Marx, who took money to manipulate the match between Hertha Amateur and Arminia Bielefeld in the Regionalliga. That was back in the 2004-2005 season. That match was actually won by Hertha 2-1. And additionally, Marx also took... 30,000 euros to manipulate the match between Karlsruhe SC and MSV Duisburg in the Bundesliga. That match was played in December 2004 and ended with a 3-0 win for Duisburg. That's a pretty that's a pretty good payday for one game, I have to say. It is. That's a, that's a lot of money. So, But additionally, there were some other matches that Heuzer tried to fix, but which in the end didn't manage to fix, like the match between Greuterford and Unterhaching. Yeah, so there was some evidence that there was some match fixing going on in that match, but um, that couldn't be determined to an absolute certainty. So this match basically stood as uh, the result stood. Hmm. Okay, so you you just said the result stood. Does that mean, I mean, obviously some of these games, I guess, at least the ones very early when he was sort of dipping his toe into the into the waters, um, maybe cup games, the rounds have moved on. You can't exactly uh, re- replay that in the same way. But some of the games, I guess you could replay. Did they replay all the all the games that they could? Yeah, yeah. As, as you said, the cup match did, wasn't replayed because the the cup was deep into into the knockout stages and Palabon had already been knocked out but HSV actually were compensated with 500,000 euros and the red card against Emil Penza was actually rescinded so um, you know i mean as 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 you know uh, sort of a legal win goes it's it's a pretty fine one for HSV and yes the Bundesliga two matches between LR Arlen and Wacker Burghausen that was replayed actually Wacker uh, won this one 3-1 so that meant the three points went to the other team. And the match between Hertha Amateure and Arminia Bielefeld was also played once again, but that still ended in a win for Hertha. This time it was a more convincing one as the scoreline ended up being 6-0. Hmm. Okay. Heisval got half a million euros. Some of these teams got to replay their games and in some cases, you know, earned points that they had been denied in the past. But what was really the consequences in the end for Robert Hoitzer other than, I mean... His name is basically <laughs> mud. I mean, he's he's a disgraced person in Germany. But what concrete consequences did he suffer? Uh, well, besides being public enemy number one for, for some time, which um, I'm sure wasn't all that pleasant, he was sentenced to two and a half years in prison. Uh, additionally, the DFB actually pursued a civil claim against him where they sued him for 1.8 million euros in damages. And he was, of course, banned by the DFB for life. Now, in the end, Heutzer and the DFB agreed on damages of 750,000 euros. And the DFB decided that it was enough if he paid them 126,000 euros of that amount. Additionally, Heutzer then personally uh, apologized for his role in the match-fixing scandal to then-DFB president Theo Zwanziger back in 2011. And that meant that his lifetime ban on all footballing activities was lifted. However, he cannot work as a referee today, even though he has been back in some Berlin sides playing some football. And I think he's actually worked for Berliner AK in some sort of marketing role. But, uh, you know, he's he's never going to be able to pop up at, uh, say, Bundesliga club or something of, of that, that magnitude. Interesting. Interesting. I, I guess, you know, when you're sort of toiling away at the lower uh, reaches of, of football, you know, the, the spotlight's not on you in the same way, and that's that's probably okay. He does, as I mentioned before, still kind of, his name is kind of synonymous with... Uh, 
you know, dishonesty, treachery, <laughs> unfairness. I mean, you know, in at least at, at the time when I first came to Germany, uh, I, I don't know if this is true 15 years on from, from that time, but people used to like any time that there was a referee's decision that, that went against one's team, whether you're just watching a, a game in the pub or, or it's a pickup game somewhere, you know, it was not uncommon for someone to call out, oh, it's, uh, it's like, you know, to say that. As if someone is being, is being paid off. And there are definitely people from some clubs, from some quarters of German football who feel like he got off too lightly, that he didn't admit how involved he was, didn't admit how many games he was manipulating, didn't admit, you know, other people who he might have tried to, to, to pull into this. What remains, you know? I mean, the thing is that even though you thought like this scandal uh, was fully uncovered, back when it all happened in 2005. Nine years later, it actually came to pass that um, the linesman that we mentioned earlier, the one from the match between Wuppertal SV and Werder Bremen 2, that, that payment of 300 euros, that bonus, that came to light. And um, the man who was actually Robert Heutz's linesman for that match was none other than Felix Zweier, bum, bum. who is a FIFA-certified referee who's um, refereed in Champions League matches, international matches. He is pretty much at the top of the pyramid when it comes to the DFB referees these days. And uh, he actually was banned for six months. And pretty mild punishment, if, if you ask me. And, you know, I mean, if some people don't who watch German football on a sort of a casual level, they don't get why so many football fans in Germany hate Felix Zweier. Well, this is just it. This is why they think he's dishonest. This is why they think he shouldn't be in charge of any matches in the Bundesliga. So this might have gone a lot deeper in terms of, I mean, they know about those 300 euros. And he admitted to something that at that point was public knowledge anyways, but... You know, you you wonder. I mean, Robert Heutzer has refereed more than the matches that he that he's admitted to fixing. Dominic Marx has refereed more of the matches that he admitted to fixing. And these guys, Ante Zapina and and his crew, they say that they basically can fix matches wherever they want. They did back then, at least. So, yes, uh, match fixing is is going to be a problem within football. It's going to be a prevalent problem. But I think these days in professional football, we've actually come up with some pretty good solutions of sort of trying to sniff out these things when they're going on. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, however, I guess moving forward, it, it has been, you know, a good while since this, this Hoitzer scandal. And there were real consequences. I mean, the guy went to prison and all that. Have there been sort of more far-reaching consequences? Do you think that this problem, in as much as, as it is a problem, widespread that is, has been has been sort of stemmed? Is there still match-fixing going on? Oh, well, there will always be match-fixing, but I think it's just moved to the lower divisions because of the Asian market. You can basically bet on any Oberliga, Bezirksliga match or you know, Kreisliga match that you want and fixing matches with players and referees who, you know, basically play for <laughs> a couple of beers at the end of a match. If you offer them a couple of hundred euros, that's much more lucrative for them than it would be for Bundesliga players. And um, I think in terms of the players and the personnel, this sort of problem has been rooted out by the fact that players make too much money for this to be an attractive proposition for them in the Bundesliga and the Bundesliga 2 at least. Additionally, 
there's now an ombudsman who can be contacted if people suspect anything untoward going on who looks into these matters. And if that wasn't enough, we do have a pretty clear image of how betting patterns on a global basis are, and those are watched. So if you see any sort of unusual activity, uh, high stakes on something unlikely happening and then happening, the alarm bells, they do go off. Right, right. If you see, like, three times as much action being put down on, as you said, uh, an Oberliga game, then that's one that uh, (laughs) they're definitely going to take a good hard look at. Exactly. And additionally, uh, I mean, in professional football, you do have VAR. So if you want to buy a referee, it's a lot harder now. Because if you want to fix a Bundesliga match, for instance, you don't only have to buy the referee on the pitch, you also have to buy the guy who's sitting in Cologne. So that in itself makes the matter a little bit more tricky for those who want to fix matches. So somebody like Robert Heutzer, with the wrong decisions that he made, the, you know, the, the penalty calls that were absolutely crazy, even though they were in the Bundesliga 2. Well, the Bundesliga 2 has VAR. So that penalty against Wacker Borkhausen, that would have never stood because, um, well, somebody in Cologne would have said, uh, Robert, you need to take another look of that and you have to take it back. Yep. So thank God for VAR. Everything's dandy with VAR. Oh, yes. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) All right. Stop, stop, stop. We're we're not going to have a VAR discussion. We're actually going to end this episode of Scandal, a uh, Talking Foosball Patreon-only series. I really hope you enjoyed it. I think we're going to have many, 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 many more installments because what what is football good for and footballers than, uh, than scandals? I'm Matt Herman. I'm at Mr. Matt Herman on Twitter. Where can folks find you there, Nick? At Normusings. Beautiful. All right. I hope you enjoyed that special presentation of one of our episodes from the Scandal series over on Patreon. Lots more to come in the series for the rest of the second half of the season this season. Last season, we had a a comprehensive series about great games, great happenings on each match day of the season. There's a lot going on over on Patreon. Uh, If you're looking for more history, more single-team focus, more tactics-focused stuff, give it a look. Patreon.com slash TalkingFoosball. Bis zum nächsten Mal, y'all.